teach you go to school. And here's your name. What do you think of what's going on right now, mate? These evil little invisible parasites. Satan worshipping Freemason moron. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're not run by factions. Get the fuck out of camera. There are much more powerful international forces in play. Is this pig guy? Is this what pig guy is? I don't fucking know what's happening. Please get outside and look at the moon quickly. It's been crazy, guys, but guess what? It's how it is, mate. Mate, because I want to do it slowly. But I ain't spending any time on it. Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims, and con artists. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and today we are taking a deep dive into Kenya's death cult, its messianic leader, Paul McKenzie, and his followers, who traversed the East African country before settling on a large estate where he ordered them to die by starvation. 201 dead so far, with 600 missing. And we'll explore all the Christian evangelical links with Australia and assorted associations with some fairly sordid people. And we'll ask, could it happen here? And uh, I'm just going to give you a spoiler here. Yes. Yes, good. Yes. Kenya is a place where cults and sex thrive due to its colonial history. 85.5% of Kenya's 53 million people are Christian and is in many parts of the third world. Many Kenyans have been inculcated with biblical literalism. Hmm. Mackenzie spoke in biblical passages and unsurprisingly was a big fan of the book of Revelations, oh, the last chapter of the New Testament that predicts a fiery apocalypse. Mm. So, for example, homosexuality is criminalized in Kenya as it is in Uganda. So you sort of get an idea of what's going on here. Kenya's president, William Ruto, is an evangelical Christian, which is the first, but likely not going to be the last. So if you look at the situation, it's not like it's going to change anytime soon. They're pretty heavily... Uh, inculcated, as you would say, into uh, Christianity. What can you do? Much of the splintering of church and faith comes down to the fact that the Kenyans had their colonial oppressors, who they didn't much care for, the Brits, of course, and their colonial oppressors' pastors, usually Baptists and Anglicans, who offered them some respite from oppression, but only if they drank the biblical literalist Kool-Aid. Uh, okay. Well, before we get started, we have a quick reminder that this show is free, but with powerful caveats. Powerful. Biblical caveats. Yes. Old Testament we- style caveats. <laughs> yeah, subscriber will fucking kill you. Oh, no, 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 no. We have a cult-like love of money and we need yours now. Call up. For as little as $5 a month, you could become patron of the Conditional Release Program, or one of them, yes. and membership uh, not only goes to give you a spiritual pathway to heaven before the shit hits the fan, um, but you can enjoy all sorts of bonus content to listen to before Jesus arrives. And boy, is he pissed. Oh, yeah. He loves Bud Light. The bus ride to heaven is long, but I hear every seat has PowerPoints to keep your devices charged. And it will nice. take you quite some time to get through the People's Treaty, which is one of our bonus episodes that goes for fucking ages. But once you get to the pearly gates, you won't miss the five bucks. I can absolutely promise you that. It's because everything that you know and love will have burned. Simply go to www.patreon.com backslash the conditional release program and go through your membership options. There's plenty of things for all uh, income brackets. We love bringing you this kind of quality content, but, and trust me on this, seriously, it takes us hours of work to bring it to you. And we might even cure your leprosy if you pay us enough. Yeah, I'll say anything. Uh, My integrity is for sale for a very low price. Anyway, there's enough of that because I'm going to enjoy this delicious CB Co. Australian IPA because it's time to get into our rather depressing rabbit hole on the Good News International Church Death Cult, which is, of course, one of the many, many reasons 
I drink. It's a tough gig to do sober, to be honest. I, I still haven't worked it out yet. And if you haven't worked it out, keep asking the question. And keep looking for the answers. Because it's irrelevant. News from sub-Saharan Africa is often gut-wrenching. In the last week in the eastern part of the DRC, the sorrow of Africa's most plaintive nation, an estimated 400 people, many of them children, have died in flooding. Yeah, there was further flooding on the Uganda-Rwanda border, which has caused further extensive loss of life, and these things are almost daily occurrences in Africa. African news is often a, a shocking parade of secret wars. You ever heard of... <laughs> You ever heard of the uh, the Congo Wars one and two, Joel? No, no. Is there a video game that I can uh, play? It's not. It did no. have its sequel, of course, but a million lives lost, and this oh, all happened in the last twenty years. Oh, and, and that, that's this is just incredibly. This recent. is just where we get so little coverage of. We these just don't things. talk about that. Yes, uh, so, um, yeah, Congo Wars 1 and 2 all Genuinely occurred this no century. Fucking hell. Uh, and, uh, and, and really hardly anyone knows that they took place. It's, uh, like I say, it's an amalgam of despair, barely touched on in reporting and analysis. It's just too bloody depressing. Well, here is one story that should not be avoided, but should also serve as a warning for Australia with our sort of own cookers clutching the Bible and generally speaking, going bush to escape this so-called new world order and 15 minutes smart cities and blah, blah, fucking 5G. Look, there is a connection, but in southeast Kenya outside Shakahola, 150 kilometres north of Mombasa, investigators have been digging up bodies from mass graves from a 325 hectare property or around a 325 hectare property, I should say. Three weeks ago, the death toll stood at 76. On Tuesday, the numbers of those dead topped 200 and counting. 600 people remain missing and every day investigators emerge from the Sakahola Forest with corpses in body bags. So these aren't victims of severe weather events or, you know, as they say, acts of God. Secret wars. Mm. They were members of a death cult uh, who had been forced to starve themselves and their children in the hope of creating what their cult leader, Paul McKenzie, had told them was a pathway to heaven before the imminent arrival of Armageddon. Because, you know, Jesus is coming, McKenzie would exhort, and uh, best get to heaven before the rush. Yes, you know, indeed. Mm, form an that's orderly what it was all about. Get to the front. So Mackenzie, the pastor at the Good News International Church, and 25 other cult members have been arrested. Cult leader will spend the next 90 days in custody while investigators continue their grisly work, and they've had to actually pause their work exhuming bodies because the local morgue is full, yeah. and they also want to conduct autopsies to understand what the hell has happened and try and understand what the fuck is going on. To date, he has been charged with manslaughter, conspiracy to murder, aiding suicide, abduction, and assault. Yeah, look, this uh, in order for us to do our research, we did an extensive amount of research on this, Joel, Joel and I. Um, a lot of the reporting came from uh, traditional mainstream media. BBC's yes. been very good. Al Jazeera, I think the ABC had a, a, had a good ABC piece. Had a great article. I'm not sure that they've covered it all that all that often on their news bulletins. No, uh, the SBS have covered it a little bit, uh, which is unusual for, for uh, African news, but uh, this yeah. is an extraordinary story. big story. Overall, I found some of the local Kenyan reporting just to be excellent. Yep. And uh, there is a great deal of concern in Kenya about, about this. I must say, my but, internet history has never had so many Kenyan newspapers in it, and they all tried to get me to sign up, which I thought, mate, come on, man. I don't think I'm ever coming back. Do I have to give you my email address? never know. 
Mackenzie was a televangelist who owned his own television channel, Times TV. Now, the Kenyan government has shut the channel down about two or three weeks ago, but there are remnants of it on social media. And his YouTube channel has also been shut down. So it's, uh, it's, it's hard to find some stuff. But we came across some of the postings on the Times TV Facebook page, which has been inactive for almost two years. But we clapped a look at some of the posts and they were chilling. Mm-hmm. The last message from Mackenzie on uh, the uh, uh, Times TV Facebook page is in Kiswahili, uh, which is the local Kenyan Swahili dialect. And uh, this was posted on September 21, 2021, where he said, I have been ordered to extinguish the light that has been shining on the land of Kenya so that the Antichrist will persecute the church. I don't actually know what that means. There will be hunger and thirst for the word of Jesus, and a preacher like me will not be seen anywhere. Mm. We are about to win the battle. Let no one turn back. The journey is about to be accomplished. Yeah, Those... actually... <coughs> Sorry, Joel, but yes, the, the word be was was uh, actually uh, not not uh, not included in that sense. You know, I'm sorry I said it in all Nazi, but I had to include that little sick there. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, to all who rejected the truth, Revelation 22, 11 to 13. There you go. Revelation mm. popping up. And Revelation 22, 11 to 13 reads, He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Ooh, chilling. Well, very grim, of course. The book of Revelations is the last book in the New Testament, and uh, its histology is kind of really interesting. It was written by John, but not any of the famous Johns around that time. None of the disciples, of course. In fact, it's one of the great furfies that the disciples actually were the authors of the New Testament. They weren't. Um, uh, Revelations was written probably around AD 95, so at least two generations after the the death of Christ, uh, and was written by a a fellow by the name of John of Patmos. In fact, he he was in Patmos, which is an island in uh, the, the Greek Mediterranean, uh, where he was escaping persecution from the Romans and he wrote the book of Revelations, which oh. is the most Old Testament book of the New Testament. Yes. If yeah, that I makes any sense. It was the Old Very much Old Testament wrath and fury yeah. about the return of Christ, which John thought, well, I'll just make it a thousand years. Sounds like John needed to have a wank. Uh, n- not knowing that Christianity would last more than that, twice that, and counting. Um, yeah, oh, a thousand years, that'll be enough. No one, yeah, no exactly. one will pick me up on that. And then everyone said to sort of, oh, he didn't really mean a thousand years. It was just, you know, symbolic. Well, it's very uh, similar to anti-vaxxers who have said we're going to die this year, next year, three well, years. Well, I, I, I think it was anti-vax death day or vaccination death day. It was uh, earlier this week, wasn't it? It was. Um, and here we and, are. Uh, Yet here still we are. alive. Just mm. Mm. stubbornly, stubbornly, stubbornly uh, resisting the mRNA poison. I guess I will pay my PAYG, I guess. Uh, so here is his final message. Uh, this one is in uh, Swahili. Yes, we did a lot of uh, translation of Kiswahili. Wait, you did it painstakingly. Uh, and um, 
this is, but this is again, this is dated 2021. He's where he said it is time for the army of Jesus to prepare to go to war. Ooh, that's not good. And in those videos, he's also knocking out what was called end times videos at 100 Kenyan shillings a time. That's a dollar twelve Australian. So I imagine can... that's a bit more than it is here. Yeah, it, um, uh, I haven't seen the end times videos, but they sound a little ominous, don't they? Well, they're above your pay grade. You can't you can't afford dollar twelve in this economy. <laughs> It's completely reasonable. <laughs> I don't think they'd be available anymore. I think the Kenyans have jumped on all of this. Yeah. In fact, they've jumped on a number of other pastors, evangelists as well. Yeah, uh, there's a crackdown fellow, going on. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah. another another very, very serious uh, televangelist who's been arrested as well. Yeah, interesting. So another video has dream sequences and scenes uttered in Bantu, Kiswahili and English presented as evidence of a looming apocalypse with the precursors being the COVID-19 pandemic, mm-hmm. COVID vaccinations, yeah. and a Kenyan government decision to roll out a universal digital ID card. Uh-huh. This is basically referred to by Mackenzie as the mark of the beast, which we will get into detail later. But it's essentially signs for his followers that the end times were upon them. And, I mean, look, it sounds like Hakuna Matata, so I don't see what the problem is. It's called Huduma Numba. At least that's what it's known as in Kenya, uh, which is, of course, as we say, the national language is Kiswahili. Yes, it is. Huduma Namba. Mm. Uh, and that's the name of the Universal Digital ID card. Not Hakuna Matata. Huduma Namba. And, and when you look at, you know, when you look at talking, you know, look, here's you, Joel. You're actually talking sweet Swahili for that's us. That's right. H- Huduma Namba. It, it, it's My a mongolized English language, much like pidgin in the South yeah, Pacific, okay. spoken widely in Kenya, as is Bantu and English. Interesting. You didn't okay. have to do any translation from Bantu, which was deeply pleasing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, He's bled uh, hard for this segment. I hope you know that. And, and look, when, the we, Patreon. when we when we sort of uh, looked at interviews and so forth with police investigators, you could see that they would often speak in English and then they'd resort to Swahili and so forth. So it's a multilingual, okay. multilingual uh, nation. Yes, unlike Australia, who is like English and what, foreign? What? <laughs> well, Kenya is one of the first governments to bring in a digital ID. And Ooh. while that might be, um, yeah, it, it's sort of red meat for the cookers. Isn't um, it just? And, and it also should be of concern to anyone interested in privacy. Um, well, yes and no. Yes and no. And, and I think there's a yes and a no to, to, to I think there this. is, absolutely. The Kenyan government had announced that the Universal Digital ID card known as a Duma number, and it's being issued now. It's actually been rolled out right now. Uh, the government argues that it will put people in touch with services like health and education. They've had a couple of runs at this before settling on this digital ID. Yeah, um, there's a lot going all, on with it. Everyone everyone who is 18 or more would have to have a national ID card. So they've had that, and it was a bit of a disaster, to be honest. And now, and now they've gone with Haduma number. In fact, the old screen is called Haduma number two. Um, but... Um, uh, they've gone. They've gone with this. So everyone, it's universal. Children, etc., must be uh, must must receive their digital ID card. And the government argues that it will put people in touch with services like health and education. God forbid. It's also worth remembering that Kenya has some pretty crazy neighbours. You know, <laughs> <laughs> guys, you have to ring the police every now and then. You know, make a bit too much noise playing their loud music or at all hours. There's a meth lab in the backyard. <laughs> oh, good lord. Well, to their north. 
Uh, they, there is Somalia. The border's currently closed between Kenya That's and Somalia. That's a spicy place, yep. Yeah, it's a little spicy. War-torn Ethiopia. I yeah. mean, when wasn't Ethiopia a war at some point? And South Sudan, where there's a refugee mm. crisis as a result of the conflict in Khartoum in Sudan, yes. which is yes. to the north but doesn't border with Kenya. And then there's Uganda to its right. It's fair to say that DGID might enhance government service delivery, but it definitely is designed to keep ahead of the almost never-ending humanitarian crises to its north. Yeah. So it's kind of a refugee control effort as well. You'd think who's cookies Kenyan, would love that. This is, this is totally their thing. But mm. look... Here's the quick connection with the rest of the world. You've got this all-seeing, all-oppressive government wanting to track its population and sterilize them with tetanus jabs. Yes, there that is the theory. The digital ID is a conspiracy theory that sort of keeps cookers up at night for reasons they can't quite articulate. And we've just been battling with this for some time because it's just their thing. But Kenya has been used as this sort of supposed testing ground for the technology. Mm, just, it you know, it's it's the same shit they said about Australia with this sort of random made-up nonsense during the pandemic. You know, Australia has fallen because X, Y, Z, we made up, yeah. apparently being round up like sheep and being eaten by fucking dingoes. I don't fucking know. It was, it was dumb. We, the, all we know is we fell. Yes, we, we fell. We fell hard. And um, I personally had a really terrible time drinking yeah, and playing video I got, games. I got, I got grazes on my knees to this The main day. problem is we started this podcast, so the harm has been done. That's, that's the pandemic's fault. <laughs> right. right yeah, there. yeah. We, we weren't going to take any of that shit lying down. <laughs> <laughs> so the plan for a digital ID is definitely real. This is, you know, it is a thing. But the Huduma number plan which has cost a fortune, oh, yeah, has actually crazy. recently had its funding stripped, which is making it really um, contentious as to how its, its future is going to work out. But there's also a parallel digital ID plan, which is well underway as well. So it's an interesting thing about that, but that's just technical. You know, I'm, I'm getting nerdy there. Yeah. I mean, I noticed and in, in, in looking up uh, and doing a lot of this internet-based research that, uh, yeah, it was basically apply for yours now. Apply for yeah. your digital ID. And that was from various Kenyan. Government ministries, yeah. Yeah, and opposing that's problematic, as we find out later. But basically, Mackenzie calls this the mark of the beast, and he's not alone in saying that, because it's a very common claim for people who are, quote, digital identities around the world with this sort of implanted chip, tattooed barcode, nanobot vaccines. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all the same fucking everywhere. The prophecy around the mark of the beast basically has two groups of people. I'm not going to go into Bible quotes and shit. I'm just going to give you the basic 101. There are those that accept the mark and those that reject it. And those that accept the mark are accepted into society. But then they spend eternity in hell being fucked by pineapples. Well. Very unfortunate. Very steaks. Unfortunate. Steaks. Well, I believe they're pineapples, so that's okay. S-T-A-K-E-S. Steaks up the jacksy, Joel. I think you'll find. Maybe pineapple steaks. See, those who reject it are then rejected by society Mm. and they're unable to do business. They can't participate in society. Ring any bells, guys. But yeah, (laughs) that's not really a big deal because quite soon after, Jesus comes and you get to eat the pineapple instead of being fucked by it, which is a good value proposition in most people's books. But, of course, that's only if you like pineapples. If you don't like pineapples, it's fine. Like, it's heaven. You know, you get to choose. It's it's the short-term suffering for eternal gain I think the parable is there. I'm not sure if pineapples are in the Bible, but it could be. I don't know. Look, the apocalyptic stuff from Mackenzie all, all revolves around the arrival of Jesus and when the return of Jesus. You know, we, we talked about Which is soon. Post, 
post-millennialism for, in the Wyambula. Yeah, um, yeah, cop yeah, killing yeah. and ring shot, and bells. shooting and the murder of the uh, and, and the the in the in the case of Mackenzie, this is not going to be a sublime event. This is going to be a, a tumultuous event, the end of the world, the arrival of Jesus will usher in the end of the physical world. That's, yeah, which is that's a good thing. the basis you, of his stuff. So if you haven't got a digital ID, it's a good thing because you just get to listen to the People's Treaty and go up to the pearly gates. Mm. Otherwise, pineapples. Pineapples up the jacks. Pineapples. Rough end first, folks. Oh, 110%. So mm. you can see why cookers get mm. very excited about mm. digital ID and people implanting these sort of like opal cards into their hands. It freaks them the fuck out. Because they think it's the mark of the beast, which, of course, is the beginning of the end. Yeah, exactly. And there was a very strong anti-vax element to the cult. And within a Kenyan context, because COVID vaccines were not universally available during the pandemic. So they weren't- money talks. You know, so Mackenzie wasn't, wasn't wavering about uh, who was going to get it, vaccine mandates and all this sort of stuff. It, the the arrival of the vaccines, and I saw this on a number of their videos, the arrival of vaccines, there was one where the, the Indian uh, the Indian government had sent a, a batch of AstraZeneca to, to Kenya. Yep. I mean, <clears throat> they weren't like Australia, where they were just given enough doses for everyone and then some. So they had to basically have the begging bowl out for, for I think the US contributed, I know India did. Uh, and so the arrival of these things was seen as this sort of arrival of something very satanic. Yeah, of course. It, it, it wasn't yeah. the injection itself. It was, firstly, we have COVID, this thing that's going to kill us. They talk about in their videos, Mackenzie talks and his followers talk about the first wave, the second wave, the third. What's the fourth wave going to be like, they would say. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, this is the, as, as you said before, the precursor of this great moment where Jesus arrives. Mm-hmm. And he's pissed, man. Oh, he's yeah. really upset. <laughs> and he's in smiting mood. Oh, yeah. he's, a, he's looking for some serious smiting. So there was a strong vax el- vac- anti-vax element. And then we had this pressure, as you said, the digital ID theory going through that church. I mean, Kenya is considered to be a place to test depopulation and sterilisation campaigns. It's said that 500,000 women were sterilised by tetanus shots sponsored by Bill Gates. That's cooker stuff. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, whether this is a conspiracy theory accepted in Kenya itself or just Westerners making shit up is something, you know, neither of us are sure about. But uh, Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe that Anti-vaccine sentiment appears to be pushed towards Kenyans on the back of fears of sterilisation and religious threats like the mark of the beast. So all that stuff exists there. One of the things that has changed in places like Kenya, in, in, in uh, Uganda, Tanzania, uh, is the arrival of um, antiviral drugs in the treatment of HIV/AIDS? Yeah, and yeah. that and, and that has brought a lot of people on. It's, it's caused enormous sort of pressures in groups. I mean, this, this, these are, these are, these are countries where witchcraft is still yeah. practiced, um, yeah. and <laughs> and everywhere you look on maps in Kenya, you'll you'll find little apothecaries popping up, and there'll be you know various traditional medicines and healing and so forth, but. One of the things that has changed um, uh, a lot of Africans' views on uh, medical treatment is, or and vaccines in particular, is the arrival of, of uh, HIV antiviral drugs in their yeah. communities. We're saving um, shitloads of lives. Africa, of course, just became, about two years ago, became uh, polio-free. 
Yeah. Uh, and it took a very, very long time, much longer than it should have, and really yeah. it only could have occurred with the extraordinary influence that Nelson Mandela brought to the table. Yeah. Who could okay. actually stop wars in Africa. So... <clears throat> uh, uh, vaccine uh, nurses we could get around to communities and uh, and 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 inoculate them from from polio. There is still a little bit of polio uh, in existence because, unfortunately, some of the polio vaccines, the, some of the oral vaccines, yeah, uh, would end up in um, would end up going through the body and then go into um, wa- uh, go, go into water. drinking water uh, yeah. and. And that has led to um, people suffering polio. But as officially, as of I think 2021 or possibly 2020, um, Africa was uh, polio-free. It remains only active in Afghanistan and Pakistan. Yeah, the vaccine strain um, of, uh, of polio is a huge anti-vax talking point. And hilariously enough, the solution to the an- the the vaccine strain of polio is actually more vaccines, which anti-vaxxers really don't like. They get quite <laughs> upset about it. But um, you know. Mind your fucking business. You don't live in Kenya. So you got no fucking skin in the game. You're just an annoying mum on the fucking internet. Shut up. Anyway, I really hate the vaccine strain polio discourse. But there's an interesting, interesting backstory as to why polio is still active in Afghanistan and Pakistan. And that is because the CIA got a bit, got hold of. Um, uh, there were there were vaccine nurses running around through oh, Afghanistan yeah. and, uh, and Pakistan. Uh, and uh, they were set upon um, by Islamic extremists who believed that they were contributing. By that, but basically, blood samples were taken uh, <coughs> and analysed for DNA show. to find uh, to 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 see if Osama bin Laden was anyone who'd been vaccinated. And yep. So that led the response to that was a lot of violence acted upon nurses who were administering. Um, vaccines in Afghanistan and Pakistan. It did work though, because one of the people that came up to the compound it was, used was as a confirmation. Raided. Yep. Basically, the guy was really cagey and weird, and they were like, "Oh yeah, no, they they didn't want the vaccine. You know, they didn't want the vaccine. They were very they were very strange." And they checked it out, and they're like, "Oh fuck, there he is." Yeah, it did actually assist in the location of Osama bin Laden. How fucking ridiculous is that? So. Mackenzie pushed the line that COVID was a sign of looming apocalypse and as was the arrival of the donated vaccines from countries like the US and India, as we just said. The digital ID card was used as a sign of this sort of gathering chaos around the end of the world. It's just a Trojan horse for nonsense. These conspiracy theories in the West have floated this idea that digital ID will be used to track vaccinations in the first 24 months of an infant's life to ensure they are up to date with the jabs. Now, there is a big kernel of truth here because that's exactly what they're planning to do. The thing is, is cookers are pushing this as a bad thing because they're fucking anti-vaxxers. Natural Mm. news. It's so funny reading the articles on this. You're like, hold on. Yeah. I'm reading this and I'm I'm failing to see the issue. But you see this like weird photoshopped picture of a baby crying and a needle on it and all these ridiculous bloody stories about nonsense because natural news is fake news poison. And you're like, oh, you think that's a bad yeah. thing rather oh, than the the, the, the more I obvious get it now because you're fucking morons yeah, so, yeah. Ra- rather than the more obvious thing that, that that the kenyan government as are many african governments are trying to reduce the rate of infant mortality yeah because it's expensive there are long-term social costs but there are also immediate costs in terms of a public health response so mckenzie feared 
the whole digital ID thing because it would lead to further problems with the law. And let's face it, it's probably not a good thing to be trackable if you're planning to commit some sort of cultish mass murder. I mean, yeah. Or, or keep, or just keep kids from school, from going yeah. to school, which is something he'd been doing for a long time. Dick or move. Keep, or, 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 or tell his followers that they were not to seek any form of men, um, health treatment, um, not to go to a doctor, not to go to a hospital. Yeah. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. I saw actually some of the comments on the on his website were like, you know, you have my mother, I want her back and shit like that. It's fucking harrowing. Mm. But um, anyway, so look, you know, we can look at this from a sort of a, a home lens. We are transitioning towards digital services and integrated databases and they are kicking and fucking screaming for yeah. the dumbest fucking reasons. I mean, what do we have in store when it comes to digital ID hysteria? We'll have to do an episode on it soon because... It's just like they shit themselves when directors had to register for an ID. And like, how many cookers are direct- directors? What? Like, you know. Well, there was also the vaccine, the so called vaccine passport, or at least vaccine status that had yeah. been shown briefly. Uh, those sorts of things. They were all digital. Yeah, they um, were digital. Yeah. And, and yes, there was just horror around that. So, oh, there were so many old folks fumbling with their phones. I don't know what to do with this. It's like, well, I guess you can't go to the pub then. That was no. wrong. Yeah, my uh, stepfather is well into his nineties now. He, he kept, I forget what he was showing. He was showing, he was taking photos with his phone when he had to show the digital ID. Often they'd so print he, out like the the paper version. He of just it, thought, which I'll great. just take a photo of the thing that's asking for my um, vaccine status, and Brilliant. that will be it. And then just walked in. You know. Yeah, yeah, fuck it. Um, just didn't know. But, uh, but uh, yeah, so look, you can imagine. I mean, this is this is not that far away. This is no. not. I mean, it's a continent away, and there's a lot of cultural difference, but there are some real similarities going on here. No, they've got different reasons to do it. Like you said, they've got a refugee crisis on their doorstep, and they've got like a you know issues with vaccines that relate to infant mortality. These things make a bit of sense. So I fucking understand why they're doing it. Australia has different reasons to do it, but I think it'll just make things easier and probably have less public servants doing paperwork. Yes, look, the the, the, uh, decision to uh, nationalise an ID card uh, was taken more than 20 years ago. It's just taken them that long to roll it out. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and it was all silly. based on this idea of getting so, – so people could access services a bit easier than they do now. Yeah, and that's a good thing. When they start tying our faces to mm, facial recognition cameras in the streets and shit, it's a whole story. I don't really so, think that's an issue in Kenya. Well, yeah, but it could be here. I recently found out the Sydney of Sydney that you have the billboards actually have cameras in them that have face recognition technology, but that's something we'll talk about probably in a premium. Another time. Anyway, yes. so Mackenzie was well known to Kenyan authorities. Yes, he was. Uh, he founded the Good News International Church in 2003, and in 2017, he and his wife were charged with promoting radicalization ooh, and failing to provide basic education to their three children. The police rescued 93 children from Mackenzie's clutches, and he was acquitted time, in 2018. Yeah. So when we look at this, Joel, what, what do we notice about what he's been charged with? These are laws that don't exist in Australia. If they existed here, radicalisation, holy shit, the scalps, Oneegs, yeah. Smith, Bozy, they'd all be taking the high jump. Well, even those, even those cookers who took their kids away from school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so Kenya, who has a wide experience with cults and sex, has laws, but we don't have laws. 
Bulldogs, and we'll get yeah. to that in a minute. Because they're jack of the bullshit. But the interesting thing is, now the place is run by an evangelical Christian. Wouldn't surprise me if some of these laws bit the dust. I don't know how their Congress and uh, Parliament works, though. So, yeah. Anyway, look, you know, in March uh, this year, Paul McKenzie was charged with the starvation deaths of two children and then released on bail. Yeah, he got bail. The, the bail was guys? ten thousand Kenyan shillings, so that's one hundred. It's about a hundred bucks. Yeah, that's that's bad. Uh, it was a hundred Australian dollars for him to be released, and then there was a subsequent raid on his property. That was in March when he was charged with the starvation deaths of those two children, uh, and then there was a, a further raid on the property on thirteenth of April, where police discovered two other people dead while two more died later before they could be treated. Fuck. Two refused treatment and said they were willing to die for their faith. Fuck. And one man who was hospitalised said he would continue to follow Mackenzie's teachings. Oh, good. Got better, better, had a bit of a feed, and then, I don't know, I think he makes some very good points. He's just going to stop you from eating again. Yeah. I mean, when we we get to that, you know, the, the two who refused treatment said they were willing to die for their faith. I mean, that's some serious inculcation. That's some serious brainwashing right there. Yeah, yeah, it's fucked up. So this leads to the grim fucking task of mapping out mass grave sites. I mean, you know, you've got to put them somewhere, right? So that's where it began to unravel. There is every reason to believe that many of Mackenzie's followers were dead when he first was charged in March, while, of course, others would die in the ensuing month. Yeah. The crime scene is a vast area. There has been some confusion about the extent of it. Mackenzie and his followers lived in ramshackle housing on a 325-hectare property, but the Mm -hmm. mass graves could be in an area four times larger. That's a lot. Um, Bodies are buried deep in the ground. That's the other thing I noticed from the the vision, that they're buried at least a metre below. They're not shallow graves. Yeah, okay. And these graves have been in existence now well, really, this year, all year, since from January, February. Uh, and so it, it takes some finding. Yeah. It, these, these graves are going to take some finding. Yeah. And vision from the site just shows how difficult it must be for investigators to find these well-covered graves. The work will continue for weeks, if not longer, and the death toll will rise. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, there have been survivor accounts. The BBC ran a story of one woman who escaped with her five children, the eldest was eight years of age. The eldest, eldest. was eight years of Four age. Children. Five she children. One, she had and one. She had one child. Still does, I believe, on her breast. Uh, so she told this to the BBC. Yeah, the mass suicide. She said the mass suicide started in January. Her name was Salima, and she said she followed instructions to begin fasting so that she could get to heaven. That's what Mackenzie had told them. Mm-hmm. Um, you starve yourself and you'll get to heaven ahead of the rush. Sort of he thing. was probably eating fucking pies hand over fist. Mate, while this all look, he, he's got a gut. Yeah. Mackenzie had been telling his followers for some time that the world was coming to an end. Initially, he offered the forest uh, as a sanctuary from the approaching apocalypse. But in a grisly twist, this is all from the BBC, by the way, but in a grisly twist, it became a last stand to get to heaven before the end of days. Mm. One Kenyan media organisation, Kenya, that's the end of the BBC quote, kenyanews.go interviewed local villagers. They found it curious, the villagers, that is, that such a large group would settle where they where they lived. It was yeah, like, okay. well, what are all these people getting Why here? are they here? Something but, weird's happening. Yeah, but the and, and that was all, I think, in 2019 when they moved across. It might have been a little bit later, 2020. They'd been elsewhere and then they came to this place. 
So it's very good, huge Jonestown vibes about it too. Yeah. But the the, the cult followers, when they first arrived there, would buy food at the local dispensary and, you know, gave the shopkeeper a bit of a boost. All it's good for business. Pro- profits are up. Hey. And then... Support um, the local community. Then no more shopping. No well, more shopping I didn't, they, they, didn't, they didn't need any more food. Yeah, I that's guess. right. Yeah, so well, curious yeah. about all of this, a few of the villagers travelled to the property to see what was going on but were warned away by machete-toting guards. The fuck is with machetes, guys? Get it's past very Kenyan mau-mau thing, mate. Mackenzie, a former taxi driver, now sits in the pantheon of death cultists that features Reverend Jim Jones, we just mentioned, yep. Marshall Applewhite, mm-hmm. David Koresh, yep. and Charlie Manson. Mm. Charming guys. Because like those who've seen the available footage of the final hours of the Jonestown compound in Guyana will know that Jones followers were forced at gunpoint to drink the cyanide-laden Kool-Aid. Very few marched up willingly to drink the poison. That would eventually kill them. They weren't keen. Uh, and many of them were actually held down and injected with cyanide, which is um, rude. It's very yeah. rude. Ultimately, 918 Americans died in Jonestown, more than 200 of them children. Cyanide poisoning is neither quick nor painless. It brings brings on an unspeakably violent death. Mm. Cyanide is quickly absorbed into the body and leads to catastrophic organ failure, uh. anaerobic respiration, uh. vomiting, seizures, and cardiovascular collapse. That it's not pain-free, folks. Unpleasant. Mackenzie's crimes speak of a sort of deeper psychological hold on his followers. We said before, I mean, they were going to die for their faith in, as opposed to getting treatment. I mean, fuck, man. I mean, like, death by starvation is a long, unrelenting misery. It's not fun. No. But even devotion and blind faith have their limits. I mean, come the fuck on. Starving. So yeah. then you see that maybe there was a little bit of a nudge. Many oh, of the yeah. bodies that were disinterred over the last month show signs of violent deaths. So it's not just starvation, there's strangulation, there's blunt force trauma. So, you know, it appears that basically when they wouldn't quite go for the fasting, he'd just give them a bit of a knock on the head and they probably weren't in a very good way anyway. So, Well, know. I have heard stories of parents smothering their children, suffocating Fuck. their children um, to end Rude. their suffering, really. Uh, and and so those stories have, 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 have abounded as well. But that's the oh. first thing when I when I first came across this story. That's the first thing that grabbed me: the difference between Jonestown, Jonestown, and poisoning, starvation. It's going to take weeks, if not months. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that requires such um, blind faith. You mentioned the term before: such blind faith. Um, but of course. Not everyone's going to go down that pathway. And so, yes, there is every sign that murders have been committed. Yeah, yeah. Now, Kenya is a hotbed of cults. We, we talked about this before. Driven by charismatic leaders based on Christian fundamentalism. Um, clearly, there were also failures of policing. You know, we've seen there's a long lead-up to this where he should have been grabbed and nabbed and locked up and 200 Possibly as many as 600 people will still be alive today. That's so fucking true. And that's, I'm sure, something they'll see with the inquest that uh, Rudo's ordering. Yeah, but, there's going to be a bit of a crackdown in Kenya on this. I, I, I just know this. but You can't um, let this shit fly. But look, there is a connection, Joel, isn't there, between, and I, I've noticed this a little with one, U- yeah. Ugandan evangelical groups and Kenyan evangelical groups, but between them and uh, particularly evangelical groups in Western Australia. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, Australia has once again made the credits. Uh, we have a uh, good showing in Hollywood. We're overrepresented there. And we're also overrepresented in cults around the world. We so are. The Jesus Christians are a bizarre cult. It was founded in Australia in 1981 by Dave and Cherry Mackay, and they sort of vaguely spread across the world, which, of course, is including to Kenya, where they've had a few scrapes with the law themselves. And look, Jesus Christians, I'd never heard of Jesus Christians. It sounds no. a bit like the Simpsons police cops, you know. It's, I like it. <laughs> it's very it's good. A, I look, I like whole... the fact they're straight to the point. We're Christians, yeah. but Jesus Christians. You know, Step we aside, like folks, Jesus. We're the Jesus Christians. We're not just Christians. We're Jesus Christians. We know what we're doing. Yeah. So members of the Jesus Christians, they landed in prison for a little bit when it was alleged that they had kidnapped a woman and her child. Hello. But they, but they were then exonerated for it um, because the woman and child testified that they were there on their free will and simply just wanted a place to practice their faith in peace. Mm. Very creepy in my opinion, but who knows? They also have a practice of donating their organs as a form of living sacrifice to God, as you do. To circumvent the existing laws in Victoria at the time around sort of organ donation to prevent like organ trafficking and shit like that, this requires that donors be either relatives or close to the recipient. And they would just simply lie about long friendships with the recipient. I mean, mm, simple as that. Right. So, oh, we've been mates forever. This is tricky because like, let's face, we talk about this previously on the show, organ donation is a noble gesture. It's it a life-saving gesture. When it's part of a cult practice, it just feels a little bit coerced. Yeah. Very tricky to um to rationalize that. But very reassuringly, the leader of the Jesus Christians, Mr. Mackay, says that members have undergone intensive psychological screening before being allowed to donate kidneys. Mm-hmm. What does that what does that mean? You know. Yeah. What leave leave a couple of kid, kidneys in a tabernacle and call me in the morning. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that psychological screening. If they if they had an intensive psychological screening, maybe they would have been pulled away from this cult they were in. Anyway. Are they are they are they um, donating to other cult members or are they donating the to the general community? I think the general community. I think they just find someone who needs a kidney and be like, "Oi, say we're mates and you can have my kidney." We're the Jesus Christians. The Jesus Christians. Yeah, Look, it's it's, there's, there's, it's 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 uh, mixed feelings about it. Yeah. Look, they also use the internet to preach bizarre teachings, such as asking members to join the Virgin Army and masturbate rather than marry. If they are married, it pressures them into not having children. So what? not usual. You, most cults are like, please procreate. You know, this is a weird one. Yeah, it very much is. I mean, if we look at the early days of Christianity, I mean, we're talking about the first century AD, um, and the great evangelist himself, St. Paul, had to deal with that issue, that that the early Christians were um, having to deal with the morality of uh, of having sex. And, the, and, the, and in those early days, it was don't have sex. Yeah. And, and and then Paul had to wait, deal with so, the fact yeah. that this is not really going to be much of a growing religion if no one's having sex. No, we need people. So that was when the concept of sex after marriage was yeah. developed. Well, that, I guess Mackay is a real uh, real literalist on that one. Um, but no, uh, I, I'm pretty sure the Old Testament's got some rather harsh things to say about anyone who wants to have one off the wrist. Yeah, I guess sometimes you've got to compromise, though, mate. Got to compromise. Yeah, I don't know. Must yeah. have that their page of the Bible missing, the Old Testament. I don't know. It's well, it almost surely Israel, in Leviticus. 
Um, but yeah, dropping you know, you're leaving your your seed on the ground and what have you. Well, just don't put it on the ground. Don't put it on the ground. Use the tissue. Anyway, so David Mackay reached out to Mackenzie after he was arrested in 2019 for inciting the public against registration for Huduma Mamba. Mm-hmm. Aforementioned. Mackay has a YouTube channel named A Voice in the Desert. He likes the Nullarbor or some shit, which also preaches that identification methods are, you guessed it, the mark of mark the, of the beast. beast. And will inevitably result in perpetual pineapple penetration. Rough end first, no lube. Look, you've been warned. It's your own fault. While Mackay doesn't appear to have a connection with the more sort of extreme side of the cult, the starvation bit where hundreds have lost their lives, it's that solidarity in the little He's on the fence. He's on the fence on the starvation business. Well, look, you know, for the sake of litigation, (laughs) I disagree with that entirely. But let's face it, we don't know. Yeah, but it's that yeah. solidarity in the little things that give legitimacy and lends the support to these sort of people who are capable of terrible things. So you got Mackenzie, who used the fear of these aforementioned pineapples to Ooh, convince yes. people the end times are coming through like the mark of the beast in the form of a digital ID, and then fuckwits like David Mackay will do all they can to make this sound like a completely reasonable conclusion that yeah. you should definitely believe in. Fuck's sake. Stop. But the point here is that while news from Africa always feels like it comes from another planet, it always ends up linking back here somehow. Always got our little fingers in the pie somehow. We have our own cookers to worry about, and while this Mm -hmm. is an extreme example of manipulation, violence, and mass death, it is not impossible that it could happen here. We'll flesh this out later because we have our own fucked up people legitimizing this crazy death cult bullshit. It's been going on a fair bit during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But this also brings us to Adam Whittington from Project Rescue Children. I love this. Listeners may know him as the private investigator and self-appointed saviour of children involved in the 60 Minutes child abduction fiasco in Lebanon. Yeah, that went well. Now, Whittington has no connection with Paul McKenzie or the Mm -hmm. Good News International Church. Must be said. yeah, it must be said. But Absolutely. he is the owner of a business known as Project Rescue Children, a headquartered business. in Stockholm, yep. Sweden. Uh, Whittington married a Russian woman, so there is an office in Moscow too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Whittington is a gun for hire in these child abduction cases where couples squabble over their children, one takes custody and jumps on a plane and disappears to a foreign country, a la 60 Minutes in Lebanon. It is murky as fuck. But the other side of Whittington's business he claims, is more benevolent. He's saving child exploitation. Gotta love that. Oh, and everyone gotta love as long as you're saving children from exploitation. Get them out of the tunnels. They don't belong there. It's no good. So in Kenya, also found in Ghana and Romania, which is a fucking crazy place. And back in October 2021, Nine Media reported Whittington was under investigation by Kenyan authorities. It was Nine Media actually broke the story. Oh, good. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Never let, it, let a good deed go unpunished, I'm sure he said. But with documents obtained by the age, they reveal that Kenyan authorities asked the Australian Embassy in Nairobi and the Australian Charities and Not-for-Profit Commission to assist its inquiries into Project Rescue Children. Mm-hmm. They said the organisation has not rescued a single child from child trafficking and sexual exploitation as it is being claimed on their website. And that was from Kenya's... Directorate of Criminal Investigations uh, in the letter to the Australian Embassy. Big claim um, and uh, probably, uh, I don't know, objectively correct. These people are fucking scumbags. 
So Kenyan police also accused the charity of misrepresenting innocent children as victims of the international sex trade in an apparent bid to solicit donations. Now, hands up, listeners, who's surprised by this? Hands up, show of hands. Anyone? Mm. No? Anyone? No. Uh, Project Rescue Children remains a registered charity, despite uh, what the Kenyans had asked the uh, not for pro- Australian Charities and Not-for-Profit Commission to have a look at. Uh, it remains a registered charity. It, it has filed all but one of its required documents for a small charity, which is a problem in itself, which yeah. isn't very much, not even a, a proper pros- profit and loss statement. Uh, Project Rescue Children has not failed. One thing it hasn't filed is its latest financial statement, which was due in December 2022. But last year, it received $137,927 from donations and spent $137,212 in its most most recent filings. Ah. 99.9% of its money donated was ultimately spent. On what? We cannot say. No, I'm just going to say pingers and Doritos. For sure, <laughs> mate, Airfares, for sure. Hotel rooms, car hire. Pingers. <laughs> Maybe some pingers for later. Well, look, yeah. I mean, look, if, you, if you're saving children, you're going to feel terrible and you're going to want to have a nice pinger and just, you know, mellow out and listen to some Psytrance. I just, I understand. So the Kenyans have said not helping at all. In fact, there was a photograph on the Project Rescue Children website, which said, "This is our new, um, this is our new project. We have to turn this building into a church and school." Um, oh, good. And that, then you know, <laughs> exploitation of children will end there and then. Oh, good. Um, problem solved. <laughs> uh, problem solved. Tick. Um, and 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 then the Kenyan authorities showed the photo of the building, and I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't have the cats there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, no not good. good. No not, good. Not good. No good. Um, not exactly the sort of place where children should be learning. I know it's a different part of the world and third world and developing and all that sort of stuff, but it it it, it certainly needed a lot of money. So you reckon less money on ping is more money on classrooms? Yeah. That's a hard argument. Gen- <laughs> they're going to be genuine about it. I don't fully but- agree with you, but that's fine. Kenyan police also accused the charity of misrepresenting innocent children as victims. So grabbing Kenyan kids yep. <laughs> and saying, "I oh, we have saved these kids from the international sex trade in an apparent bid to solicit donations. All right, look at the camera, look sad and say sex crimes. Sex mm. crimes? Yeah. yeah, great. And not that we want to go on too long of a tangent, although trust me, I do. But Project Rescue Children is funded in part by the one and only... Good friend of the podcast, Hayley Bertles Eads. Mm. Yep. So Bertles Eads is good buddies with another friend of the podcast, Dave O'Neeks. Yeah, they're bestest buddies. Yeah, they're Dave O'Neeks. Yeah, yeah. And uh, last year, HBE organized the largest lunch to stop child exploitation. It's a big lunch. It's huge lunch. Big now, lunch. there is the longest lunch, which is another genuine charitable um, drive. Oh. But the largest lunch. Uh, which is something that Bertels Eads organises. Um, uh, well, it, it it happened. I'll say it happened last year. Yes, it year. did happen. Yes, I th- I think they. Might, it, I think it might be the second. Um, the person who really knows this well is Vexatious Litigant on Twitter. Yes. Um, yeah. um, I think there might have been earlier metamorphosis of the largest lunch, but ultimately it was held last year. Uh, and uh, and you know people sat around. Let's say two hundred. Uh, uh, 
dollar a plate lunch. I'm not quite sure what the what the charges were, but it would be fairly ex- extensive. Yeah, there were uh, things you can photograph yourself in front of and stuff like that. And also speaking at that lunch was Adam Whittington. Yep, and yep. he was noted to be one of three charities that would be the recipients of the, uh, the proceeds. Of, of proceeds from the largest lunch. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the large bulk of that $137,000 and change received by um, Project Rescue Children came from the largest lunch. Could I'd be. say 90, 90, 90, 95% of it would. And as the Kenyans say, not doing any good. Not doing yes. anything and really not doing any good um, besides not ours. Loading, loading up kids with saying that they're being saved from child exploitation when they actually haven't been. Yeah, chucking these poor bars on social media. I don't – would they have got model releases? Who knows? So, look <laughs> – very much, Joel, yeah. I've had my eye on the largest lunch for a long time, and I wanted to do an episode Me on too. it. God, I just didn't get around to it because it's just a fucking pain in the ass to look into, which has made it even more difficult now because probably due to her impending charges for uh, charity uh, – Well, she's already been charged. Yeah, she's already um, been charged. But, so then, um, though, there's, there's a hearing uh, in August. Vaxatious Litigant posted that. Um, but her largest lunch page on the B Inc website has been scrubbed. It's gone, uh, which leads me to believe that unfortunately, that child exploitation is just now going to continue. I mean, she she That's tried. It. That's it. You know, it's, it's the Australian she government. For she did her. try. She did try. She had a gra- she and had a for a while there, child exploitation did end. Oh, that's good. Uh, oh, that's good. And, but it's back. It's roaring back now. Uh, because Do you think we can credit to Haley or Adam lunch. for that, though? Who's really responsible? 50 50? 60 40? We should divvy this up. You know. <laughs> it's, a, the, it, it's, it's no laughing matter. I mean, it's a straight out scam. I'm, I'm happy to say it right now. Yeah. And child um, exploitation, for the record, and, 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 and isn't I'll, be, funny, I'll be even but more honest. This is honest. Dumb I contacted Queensland Queensland Fraud Squad. Um, I don't think I got terribly far with it, to be honest. They went, hey, what do you want now? What? Have you done anything wrong? Have you touched a kid? Are you trying to tell me you've touched a kid? <laughs> Have you, are you telling me now that you've committed a crime? No, 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 no. I'm a no. journalist. Uh, I mean, uh, anyway, what we do know is that uh, Bertels Eats has scrubbed the largest lunch from her B-Ink website, which last time I looked at Vax litigant will be able to help us out a little bit here um, with some clarity. Uh, last time I looked, B-Inc wasn't even a registered company. Well, I mean. It's, she's got a website, though. Dazzling yeah. website. Lovely. That being said, it's lacking in detail. Luckily, the uh, Wayback Machine is going to give us all I need if I do decide to do an episode on her, uh, which I think is long overdue, to be honest. But we digress. That was a big detail, but God, it's been so overdue to talk about those motherfuckers. Back to the death cult. Now, yes. surely none of this awful business could happen here. I mean, we're just, we're so smart, aren't we? Yeah, all right. Well, let's just deal with the, the Kenyans, how they're dealing with it. You, the aforementioned uh, a Kenyan president, William Ruto, who mentioned, uh, uh, who is an evangelist himself, uh, on Friday appointed a commission of inquiry, like a Kenyan version of a royal commission, uh, to examine yeah. the death cult and determine what can be done to avoid any further outrages. And Interior Minister Kathira Kindiki uh, attended the mass grave site two weeks ago and tweeted up that. Off you go, Joel. Yeah, this is a long one, so you know he's paid for Twitter Blue. The second phase of exhumation exercise is underway at Shakahola Forest. The exhumation process is a legal, medical, and human rights exercise that must be undertaken methodically and carefully to protect the dignity and privacy of families of the deceased persons. 
The government will avail all information on the ongoing exercise and limited access to the exhumation sites is to ensure there is no violation of fundamental rights. I fucking like this guy. The search and rescue efforts are ongoing. 65 persons have been rescued from the thickets, including two who were evacuated Tuesday morning by the multi-agency security team. 25 people have so far been arrested, and the investigation team is closing in on level 2 and level 3 perpetrators who aided Mr. McKenzie to execute the heinous atrocity. The entire 50,000-acre Shikama Ranch remains a security area and scene of crime with limited access to, for all persons who are unauthorized. So that gives you an idea of the scope of the problem. 50,000 50, acres. acres. Yeah. I don't know what an acre is, but 50,000 of them is a lot. Well, I know, yeah, I know I sort of live on a quarter acre. And yeah, I was going to uh, say, it's it's more than I live on. That's for damn sure. I know it's more than 50,000 of my I fucking little shell. I live on a quarter shell. acre, so if I multiply that by four, I mean, I, like, and I have lived on acres as well. So I know that I know that's in six and 50,000 of them is a lot of land. It's a lot. And, and as I said, you, we are dealing with with concealed graves. Yeah, man, um, down. They're not shallow graves. They're, they're, it, this will take a long time, and as I said before, <sighs> 600 people missing. Sorry, this is a very depressing episode, guys. Uh, Minister Kathiri has also tweeted an angry response. He is a good man, actually. Certainly his I fucking his like him. is great. He speaks well. And it, it included a government apology for some of the failures. Yep, yep, fair. But he also signaled a crackdown on cults in the country, and, he, and he's actually said, you are the priests. If you don't like it, you can leave. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're in trouble. If you don't love and, it, and, leave. And one of the most followed to televangelists in Kenya, Ezekiel Odero, has has been arrested. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, you uh, mentioned well. that earlier, yeah. Now, Mr. Odero is the head of the New Life Prayer Centre and Church, and I, I saw his complex, and that really is a bit spooky-looking cult Ooh. area, a huge chapel that seats 50,000 people. Fuck off. 50K? 50,000 people all on these little plastic chairs. You know those ones you buy for about five bucks? No. There's about 50,000 50, 50, possible. They, that was their maximum. I've just checked. I do apologise. It's 40,000. Oh, I'm sorry. All so it's only half an MCG. Open area church, open area church, roof on, no, no walls, if you like. Fuck, that's hectic. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds terrifying. So he's been arrested too. There is a link between Adero and Mackenzie, and that Adero sought to, who also, as I say, has his own channel, yeah. which has also been shut down. Um, but there is a link. Uh, I think Adero made a bid to buy uh, uh, Mackenzie's channel. Um, and so they, they, the two knew each other. Yeah, yeah. God, I imagine that guy's not hard of a quid. So, sure, there were third world problems in terms of law enforcement when it comes to all this. You know, there's an acceptance of that, I think, when it comes to the minister's comments. And, of course, the courts. Fuck, man. They allowed Mackenzie to commit these horrors because he was on fucking bail. Can you can you imagine what would happen in the Herald Sun or the Daily Telegraph if that happened here? Oh yeah, Ray Hadley would just blow his top. The fucking bail laws. Hundreds of people have died. Well, I don't even know. How, I, it's I, a fair I, point to make because the, well, the guy only had to pony up with a hundred bucks and he was off. Yeah, I mean, look, let's yeah. I must and, say, and then the starvation began in earnest around that time. It would be one time when I would agree with Ray Hadley. 
And I don't like those be more than a handful because this is not a good feeling. I think Ray would make a good point there. I think Harold Sun and Daily Telegraph would too. Oh. <laughs> basically free to starve people again. Yeah, it's not good. Don't give these people bail. But, you know. Uh, look, no. Anyway. But there is as much to sort of liken this to sort of Jonestown as, you know, we've got our own sort of cookers lingering around our parliaments and governor's residence yeah, trying to find a purpose, there. trying to find a flock to fuck with. You know. I, mean, I spoke I spoke with a counterterrorism analyst who works for one of the law enforcement agencies in the country last week and we discussed the dangers posed by the remnants of the freedom, freedom movement in Australia. Canberra types. The lost souls who lost their minds during the pandemic have never recovered. Yeah, they were red pilled on various levels of dangerous misinformation. Yeah, the COVID vaccines were genocide in action. The oh, world is run by a cabal of pedophiles. They still think running that. around yelling, railing, yelling at pedophile buildings. Oh, the buildings! Stop meddling like, with like, children. Like Mackenzie's mad utterances, the, the effect is the same. It's yeah. a belief in the face of overwhelming facts of the country. Uh, along with the most cult-like of all precepts, a looming conflagration, the end of the world as we know it. Absolutely, absolutely. Even if it's just an immediate... So the mentality is the same. Thing. The mentality totally. is the same. Totally, yeah, 100%. Like, there's so many parallels you can draw. I mean, you've got the obvious one of we ambulers, you know, um, Gareth and Stacey and, and Nathaniel Train. They were full of the same sort of like, you know, I'm sorry I have to do this, but Armageddon out of here. Yeah, mm. yeah, because, you know, you the go. apocalypse is upon us. And they did. They armor got out of there, and uh, they shot some cops before they went because that was just on the agenda. And their next door neighbor, you know. And their next door neighbor, wrong place that at the wrong time. Really fucked me off. It just really showed they were real cunts. Anyway, well, so- that's a cult. I mean, that, that, that's a cult right there. The, the, the trains were a cult, and we, and and it's broader than just those three people. So I mean, yeah, it is. Normally, it is. say a cult could operate with just three people. But because of its influences over the over in the United States, this really was a cult. Yeah. And and these people were pilled on um, basically echo chambers saying the world is coming to an end, let's yep. prepare for it. Yep. And the police are bad. They're your enemy. They're going to stop all of Don this. Guy in their ears, they're going to stop your freedom. They're going to kill your freedom. That's and it. your freedom to, um, to, uh, to, to, to worship, worship, Jesus. Yeah, and like just basically your autonomy, which is bullshit. But I mean, no one ever but said was, any of this. Was well, true. I mean, look, the Queensland coppers, of course, they did come forward. I mean, they they said, "Oh no, it's not. A, it wasn't a cult." Then, of course, they did say it was a cult. It was a cult, and then they got very confused about post millennialism. Yes, yes, which, didn't they? Just which was yes, it was just like, oh, maybe you should have just chosen a better one. Post millennialism is is a branch of Christianity that says Jesus will return and it's going to get messy. Yeah, and they got messy, right? So essentially, that okay, that sums it up. So we've answered the question as to whether it could happen here, and the answer is, I would say, a resounding fucking yes. It's just a matter of collecting the people, getting them in the right place, and having the right person. I think a lot of this has been done. Look, Australia is an enticing place for cults. A 1983 High Court decision determined that it was not the business of the courts to determine what is a religion and what is not. Mm-hmm. It is the one reason Scientology calls itself a church in Australia. Mm-hmm. Most other countries, it's just Scientology. Mm-hmm. Here, it's the Church of Scientology. Mm-hmm. The High Court acknowledged that religion was not devoid of charlatanism of the kind practiced by L. Ron Hubbard, Jim Jones, and Paul McKenzie, for that matter, but it was not the job of those in horsehair wigs to define it. 
It's a really interesting verdict, Joel, and yeah, I don't know if you've read really, it. I've seen some echoes of it in, in law school uh, in the early days. I couldn't exactly recite it, and I couldn't really say what was said or who even was on the court when, when it happened. Oh, right, okay. So the history of it is, is that, is that um, the Victorian government sued Scientology for outstanding state taxes. Uh, unpaid. Yeah. And it... it it won its case in, uh, I think, the full bench of the Victorian Supreme Court. Okay. And then Scientology went to the High Court, and the High Court said, it is not for us to to, de- to decide what a religion is. It's not our job. Yeah. It's, and look, it's not can... the job of judges. And, and it was kind of an honest assessment. And basically, because it's true. Right, you cannot have judges saying, "Well, you're a religion because you've got this, that, and the other," but you're not. You're a cult, and therefore you're banned. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's you know, fair enough. Church and state, uh, you know, um, um, separation of church and state, and all that sort of stuff. What they were really saying, if you look at that judgment, is we need some guidance from our legislators, from our parliamentarians, from our politicians who sit in parliament to be able to. Legislate in a way that can restrict cults, but still in, still allow for relig- for religious freedom, and those things have just never been addressed. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Look, I'm looking at the judgment right now, and all I wanted to really find out is whether Lionel Murphy dissented because he's just a fucking lunatic. No, he's, he's just- gone by then. I think. No, no, no this is uh, Murphy Mason. Yeah. Either way, we digress. I'm getting law student and nerdy. Either way, look, what I would say is that I think they're right in doing that and it's really annoying when judges make yeah, it decisions. Yeah, it's, it's actually the right call. But it's it, it, so but, annoying. It's but so in frustrating. The, but, but it does open up Australia to cultism. Yes. It really does. But the thing here is that the High Court's verdict in making this determination is based on legislation and the Constitution. Now, the Constitution is basically just a guide for legislation, giving Parliament almost complete sovereignty over this country. That's fine. But there was no legislation that genuinely determined this to be the case. You can create it. So in the absence of this legislation, before and afterwards, because it hasn't really happened, this 1983 verdict basically declared that any group that regarded itself as a religious organisation is one. And in the uh, slightly modified words of Michael Scott, I declare religion. I declare I'm the Messiah. Religion. I declare religion. Because you can. You just you could just declare religion. And apparently mm. that just exists now. So leading on from that, it is more than a passing curiosity that Julian Assange, as a child, was adopted by the family. You may have heard of this. If not, we'll fill you in a little bit. It's a cult led by Anne Hamilton Byrne. Well, it was, yeah. <laughs> well, yes. Hamilton Byrne believed that she was the reincarnation of Christ, which is very normal, and uh, people like <laughs> to do that. Everyone. Doesn't everyone? Look, if you want to just head down to sort of like, you know, Pitt Street right now, you might be able to hear the same story. Uh, from her base in a leafy suburb in Melbourne's east, and see, that's the issue, she had money. She recruited psychologists, lawyers, nurses, and scientists to her cause. She adopted children illegally and raised them as her own. 
totally normal because then she would bleach their hair blonde, which is this eerie likeness to John Wyndham's telekinetic kids from his 1957 novel, The Midwich Cuckoos. Is there Ooh, a link Midwich, there? The Midwich Cuckoos. It, 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 when I saw that as a kid, it just scared the shit out of me. There's an, there's an original <laughs> film. Do you think she did it in, the in a link to that? The original film would have probably made it in about 1960, UK production, black and white, and, you know, kids who just, just you know, um, just stare at some, you know, any any adult that sort of came across the way, they vaguely annoyed them, and that was pretty much every adult. Right. They'd just stare at them, and, and, the, and, the, and the, you know, the adult would go, no, 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 you know, and they'd collapse, you know, brain would explode and all that sort of stuff. Is know. it like Children of the Corn? Stephen bit King like that, thing, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, uh, it's a wonderful piece of uh, science fiction. I, th- I know there's been a remake of The Midwich Cuckoos, which I've never seen, um, but that was the thing. They were all blonde. They were all sort of piercing gaze, and and if they locked onto you collectively with that piercing gaze, that was that was you cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's The Midwich Cuckoos, but we want to talk a little bit about Julian Assange. Now, in, in an unauthorised biography of Assange, it was noted, and Assange has, has recognised that he was actually, as a child, he was a member of the family, Hamilton Burns cult, so he would have had the blonde rinse through the hair as well. I, and look, I don't want to. Um, I want to be really careful about what I say here, but because you know, I think Julian Assange has got is staring down the barrel of some pretty harsh treatment. Oh fuck yeah! Uh, even though I'm no fan, but one of the practices of the family was never to use contraception. During sex, yeah. Now one can, and I'm only speculating here. One can only put two and two together in regard to Assange and what he was accused of. Those charges were ultimately dropped, but what he was accused of doing in Sweden. So the the, the idea behind Hamilton Burns was Hamilton Burns' instruction was do have unprotected sex all the time so you can boost our numbers. We were talking well, that, about yeah, that, that's we were, we were talking about the dilemma that St Paul faced. <laughs> oh, hang on, if I tell everyone to stop rooting <laughs> within twenty five years, there will be no Christianity. Yeah, um, and, and so Hamilton Burns said. You must go forward and have unprotected sex, and you must, you know, tr- try and knock up as many young ladies as you as you can. And then we get to Julian Assange and the family. I'm not suggesting there's a link, but I would speculate that there may be something there between Assange's charges in Sweden and his um, and his uh, dealings with the family cult. I think there could be a pretty good reason to believe that. That is a it's speculation. Right? Interesting, it's speculation, interesting and, and no doubt Assange will never say anything about it because ultimately those charges were dropped. But he was charged with, um, uh, he was charged with uh, rape essentially. But like our Queensland brethren, they have the, the Swedes have particular law that says it is rape to have unprotected sex with a woman without her consent. Yeah, yeah. So, it is what so it they is. had con- in two cases he had consensual sex with two partners. Um, but there are stories of him taking off condoms and what have you. They call it stealthing. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's a thing. It's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah there's, I think there's laws that have come into – anyway, I'm not going to speculate. It's just a little bit of trivia, folks. But 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 um, the, certainly the business of Assange being a member of the family, a, a member of the cult, is true. And you would expect, uh, like a number of the other children who were rescued from, um, from uh, Hamilton Burns' clutches, uh, Assange made his way out, I think, through the mother who 
uh, who had introduced, um, well, the, the, the cult had been introduced to him by um, Assange's stepfather. I uh, okay. Well, I mean, when the family property in central Victoria was raided in 1987, <laughs> the children who were rescued spoke of torture, starvation, and physical abuse. You can see some parallels here, right? Hamilton Byrne was charged with conspiracy to defraud and to commit perjury by falsely registering the births of three unrelated children as her own children, then dyed their hair blonde. triplets. Fucking yeah. weird. But the charges were later dropped. I don't know, maybe is she like Monica Smith or something? Pursue. You know, just DPP she ended is up dying of to- dementia or dementia related. Yeah, uh, good. Fuck it. Uh, Dementia related uh, illness in a, in, a, in a nursing home. She was never brought to account for any of this. Yeah, sounds like a lot of pedophiles in the uh, in the world, to be honest. Um, Scientology's activities in Australia are rife with allegations of physical abuse, working in virtual slave conditions. God, they fucking love money. And yet, this pyramid scheme of abuse and exploitation has not led to one criminal charge in Australia. Not one that I'm aware of, no. And and, and and the last we heard of Scientology leader, David Miscavige, that is one spooky motherfucker, by oh, the way. Oh, creeps me and out. Jesus Christ, he is just about all of my midwitch cuckoos and David Miscavige, you mm-hmm. know. That's 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 my nightmares. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, he's gone aground. He's sort of disappeared. Yeah, he's well. popped up for the last few months and he's dodging, it's believed, you know. He's, you know, I mean, this, this is a guy who reckons he's a, he's a thetan level eight. Yes. And, and yes. therefore, he is capable of telekinesis himself. Wow. Um, so, you know, he's probably just cleaning up the shed, which will only take him five minutes. You well, know. you'd like to think you so. You don't have to lug anything around, you know, no. you just move, no, 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 you know. Yeah. But, um, but he is he's sort of disappeared and he is dodging process service with civil claims, both uh, in the US and in Australia. He's yeah, dodging process some service. Se- losing some serious dough here. Yeah, it's a real pain in the ass. So not all cults become death cults, that must be said, but all cults are inherently manipulative. They're exploitative and they demand money or some sort of cheap or unpaid labour or sort of both, really, from their inheritance. Yeah. I mean, you know. One way or the other. It's an exploitation machine, let's face it. One might argue that all religions require some form of devotion. That's fair enough. But the fundamental difference between a religion and a cult is very easy to define. Cults operate in seclusion and they practice exclusion. And that is a huge, huge part of this. Yeah, it it is the latter, the exclusion, that provides a legal framework to define what is and is not a religion. Okay. Now, exclusion is where a family member uh, who is not a cult member or who has left the cult becomes persona non grata, Uh uncontactable and out of reach from other family members who remain in the cult. Yep. And it's a particular form of emotional cruelty. And it can be stopped, but our legislators remain uneasy about the reaches of state over church. Oh, Jehovah's Witnesses had shit themselves. I know a guy who got excommunicated from the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses due to a, uh, I think it was an extramarital affair or maybe just a divorce, and he lost all his friends overnight. Yep, and and Fucking withdraw awful. their charity status if, they, if they're going to practice this. And we'll keep organised religions on their toes as well. Should. Um, but that's what you do. You, you, you basically prohibit that, that behaviour. Yeah, the, the practice of exclusion, It'd and, and where it comes, you just say, right, oh well, you'll be paying tax for the next five years, and we'll come and have a look at you in five years' time, and uh, and if you if you're ticking the boxes again, well, you'll you'll go back on a charity status, but if you're going to keep behaving this way, bad luck. Yeah, yeah, and that's my solution to cults. Anyway, I used to speak to Nick Xenophon about this. Nick was profoundly anti-cult, but he had zero support from the major parties, <sighs> including at a time when they had promised support on the floor for a Senate inquiry into Scientology, but when Nick went into the big red house, 
No one else turned up. Are you fucking serious? No, I'm absolutely serious. Cunt. A few the smattering of Labor blokes, but the Libs didn't. Now, let's explain why. Firstly, the Liberal Party are recipients of donations from exclusive brethren. Yeah. Right? Oh, I've got That's another those, cult that we haven't even dug into at this stage. We yeah. people where its cult followers are told not to vote. I've got a mate who used to work with the exclusive brethren and he was in an office. I think he worked as some sort of social media marketing guy for one of their businesses and he was not able to look at the women. They were not able to look at him and it became an issue because he didn't realise these rules and they had to sort of bring him aside because he's not one of them. They usually they usually source in-house yeah, and they had to be yeah. basically like putting like barriers up on the windows and shit because he could not be seen. This is uh, my mate Brendan. Uh, Isaac will know who I'm talking about, but no one else has any idea. And um, and basically, it was a really creepy story. And you're like, holy fuck. It's like, yeah, man, I work for the exclusive brethren and they're fucking nuts. And you're like, wow, okay. I should get him on sometime. <laughs> he could spill the beans. It's a weird cult in itself, exclusive fuck brethren. Fuck yeah. There, there is also a, a bit of discomfort from the major parties who don't who, who don't want to cross that bridge between church and state. Yeah, and I get so that. So there's that sort of philosophical discomfort, if you like. Fair, fair. But in the case of the Liberal Party, you know, we can say that they were receiving donations from exclusive brethren. Oh, well, I mean, that the big libs are basically force run by the said, Look, We don't there. really want to do this. But yeah. as it stands, with that High Court judgment, no other legislation in place besides the sort of child welfare stuff. I mean, this is the only well, reason yeah. cults get rolled. Yeah, there's, there's the line. Yeah, that's... They but, just can't help but to abuse children. But there has to be a credible account of child exploitation. Yeah, and that's Before hard. they will act. Beyond a reasonable doubt. Mm. What a pain in the ass. So I guess the question is, how do our cookers come back? Or do they at all? I mean, the answer in many cases is that they just sort of don't, really. They haven't. They remain these fringe dwellers. They live in vans and stink of booze and they sort of get stripped of all the cash they have by the freedom movement sort of begging and exhortations for donations or they live on donations themselves but they dry up they can't get centrelink or it's not enough and basically they joined a cult be it sort of virtual digital or word of mouth and they just wind up fucked well there's a broader there's a broader cult here we've talked about anti-vaccinations as well joel part of that was part of the kenyan death cult an estimated 165,000 Americans, that's from a clinical study, died of COVID unvaccinated, yeah. essentially by choice. Yeah. Their deaths were largely avoidable. Some at least fell prey to dangerous misinformation on COVID vaccines. And where are the people now who spread that information, that misinformation, I should say? Are they say? killing it? They are living comfortable lives, many killing rich it. from selling false hope and expensive placebos. Oh, One, yep. a Kennedy, no less, is running for president. Yep. And, and some are sitting in our Senate. Oh, fuck yeah. Teeny weenie, fucking Alexandric. Oh, they, you know, this is their on debt and they fucking suck. But let's face it, some are sitting in our councils. And I mean, New not place. really. New well, place. There was sort of one of them. But in parallel councils, and you guys would all be likely well aware of my place by now, which Sandy and Soz are all over like black salve on a cancerous cooker's face. <laughs> yeah, they do that. It's That's bad. a nasty metaphor, that one. Shouldn't do it. It's bad for you. Similarly, it's, indeed. <laughs> it's, it's not good. So my place has all the hallmarks of a cult. We all know this, but for the most part, the my place groups are sprouting up in places where people live in existing communities. You know, they live in houses and buildings. They, live, they have neighbours. They're not completely run by cookers. They're surrounded by society, and that's a fucking good thing. But let's look at the very real ambition for many groups, less well-known, 
to establish these autonomous communities for cookers in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. No, that's now, for the most part, these enterprises are just a bit of a scam. We've seen the complete failure of the Nightcap project in northern New South Wales, which took a lot of people's money yeah. and left them with nowhere to live and nothing to show for it. They can go fuck themselves, right? These people are incredibly litigious. I've always wanted to do an episode on Nightcap and stick the boot in. We kind of have to wait until all of them die because they they actually went and sued a uh, high school newspaper for speaking out against them. Yes, I remember that. I think yes. they withdrew it at the very last minute. They just, yeah, they, yeah and, and no doubt it would have been pretty hard to to establish a cause of action to the to the um, acceptance of a judge. Legal letters to children? That's the, uh, 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 it's like fucking have suing to be, Pugo have to on be, Twitter. Have to be a top quality law firm to be doing that. Oh, you can only imagine the Dennis Denudo vibes from that. Fucking <laughs> oh, hell. I've got one bloke in mind. We've I'm also seen, well, yeah, what are you thinking, Derek? No, no, no. He's not a lawyer. Come. Doesn't matter. Okay, yeah. Let's not let's not make this actionable. No, there's a bloke who threatened to sue me a million times. But oh, really? Yeah, I like yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear that later. Big fat blob of shit lives in Brisbane. We should do that on the on, on the. Is Zoom that defamatory? Oh, oh! Did I just defame you, you fat blob of shit? I doubt he's listening. I he's listened. really grossly obese. That's not defamatory, is it? No, no, no. But to, really all, to all of our larger listeners, truth. we love you, and we think all sizes are beautiful. There is a caveat there because I mean, oh, large, you know, like fat, sweaty man. Come on, give me a yeah. break. Fat, sweaty, um, uh, uh, threatening lawyers. You know, exactly. They can, they can, they can, they can, they can, they can fuck, fucking, they can fuck right off. They can take a walk off a pier, but they can't make it to the end because they're so unfit. So. We've also seen this in the form of El Salzone's Plan B project, which is really funny because that's like a term for birth control in the US, where she called out for investors and potential residents to throw money aimlessly at a block of land in the middle of nowhere in South Australia to create a village of like-minded people. You can see where this is going. I mean- It's, it's, it's going Kenyan, yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's going nowhere because El Salzone's behind it. But investors could basically hand over cash for a promised return or buy a part of the property and actually live on it. And the pitch mm-hmm. went like this. Do you have a plan B in place for you and your family for if shit really hits the fan? Mm-hmm. Is that, is that a straight quote? Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, come on with come on with the grammar. Copy paste. I'm talking the grid goes down or a ring of steel comes in around your area or the whole city. This is a final call for anyone looking to invest into a community land project in SA. Also, just yeah. as a side note, that wasn't a final call. This was not a final call. There were several calls <laughs> after this. This was one of the initial calls. Not, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's 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 almost like, you know, rug salesman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're shutting a, down. This I is, fucking this promise. Shutting down sale. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never see us. Look, we're gone tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, and they're still there, of course, with an even later. bigger sale. Same. Um, yeah, final private investors meeting will be held this week, and then we will be moving forward to secure. Oh, no, haven't got the land yet. Secure the Ooh. land and set things up. Ooh. Now, my understanding of this, Joe, I just don't want to, there's more to read here, but my understanding is that they would have to issue a prospectus. I yeah. believe that would be a legal requirement. Do yeah. we have one? Do we have what? a uh, prospectus Le- as yet? Legal or is it a what? prospectum? See, Jack, I need to tell you about Portuguese maritime <laughs> law and how Australia is a corporation. Laws actually don't exist. Um the we're not in a contract with the uh, Commonwealth, and that means that we don't have to worry about it. 
Problem All solved. right. Everyone needs a solid plan B in place during such uncertain times. Further to that, it's going to serve as an amazing space, oh. bringing together the community spirit we all love and crave more of. Inbox me if you are seriously interested. Peace sign. Yeah. Well, yeah. she's committed a number of offences just there and then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we also, when we're talking about amazing space, amazing space equals death cult in what process. You know? What community spirit? This is in the middle of nowhere. She posted yeah. a video of like a dog fighting a kangaroo on some fucking like red clay place in South Ooh. Australia. Piss off. Apparently it has uh, mains water though, which is very reassuring. Very reassuring. Yeah. So this was said to be limited to 20 people or 20 families. I mean, either or. Pretty tricky to live in the middle of nowhere with a few so-called like-minded people without turning into some fucking Lord of the Flies type <laughs> shit. I mean, I've got the conch. I've got the conch. Fucking A. I mean, Elle's last post on Plan B was in January 2022. She claimed to have land secured in South Australia and plans to start other Plan B sites around the country. Now, I have seen nothing to indicate this actually happened. It has been cricket since then. There was yeah. one post which had like a, like a blue heart and like a, a sad face. I don't know what the fuck that means. It's just cookeries for something. Either way, I have no idea if anyone gave her any money or if anyone lost any money. But I did see one comment that said they would put $50,000 in if they could live there. <sighs> yeah, look, and after the epic cooker fest in February of 2022, they rattled the tinder by a block of land to scurry off to create a Camp COVID 2.0. They did. Of course, we don't know how much money was raised for this and where the money went. A lot of it seemed to just disappear. Where's the money, boys? Where's the they money? They still argue about it, don't they? I mean, they you know. Do. Yeah, and was it you, Guru? Was it you? It seems very likely to have been ended up in the hands of a. Let me be very cautious about this. Of a Brisbane builder whose Mm. business was in, um, shall we say, in liquidation. Yeah, definitely in liquidation. Mm. Yeah, ended up in his hands, but no one's quite sure, and they keep pointing the fingers at him. And then you have very shiny organisations like Earth Haven who offer to kindly take your super and turn it into some form of sustainable living. Yeah. Thanks to Sandy for this one. The, the website is super vague, but there are videos that predict a market crash, end of the world, right? Oh, no. The likes of which we've never seen and then the pitch that your super can't be trusted, so give it to us. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, well, your super's going to vanish anyway, so you may as well make it vanish on our land scam. I have no idea what the deal is, and I'd like to look into this further, maybe in a future episode. But the point is here, is that with these land scams and these silly ventures, it all ends up collapsing and people lose their money. With Nightcap, the lawyers were the real winners. They fucking tried to sue everyone. Pete Evans was promised a chunk of it for his endorsement, but sadly, that's not likely to happen. Oh, Pete. He would have got. He would have got. He would got the money up front, though, wouldn't he, for the for the endorsement? No, I think he got promised a couple of acres, and that was it. Real shame. Mm. He really. Oh, what a shame. Yeah. Oh, well. He loves it, though. He thought it was a great idea. But, like, what if it does, right? Okay. So let's say this. You yeah. sell your house. It's probably a scam, but if it's not. Well, I mean, look, you've got a place to live and you've got like minded people to hang out with. So you convert your soup into self managed. You put everything into a commune that claims basically you'll live there with harmony and nature. You'll be self sustained. You'll grow your turnips. You'll shoot some deer, blah, blah, blah. You are happy. <laughs> You go and you talk about how Bill Gates is evil around a fire somewhere. Yep, yep, yep. Maybe you engage in some like freaky deaky couple swapping and shit. 
This yeah. is pretty cool. Hey, this is sound pretty fun, Joe. We're having a good time. But then over time, one of the people who lives there sort of starts being a bit more prominent, a bit more like a, what would you say, charismatic leader. Charismatic, yeah. Yeah. That charisma. Let's call him Barry. Yeah, okay, Barry. So Listen Barry, so Barry starts talking about Jesus. And the group sex stuff becomes a bit of a no-no because Jesus says no. Disappointing but Jesus. I tell you what, Barry's rooting your wife. It seems a bit <laughs> hypocritical, doesn't it? You can't. But, but he, that's because of the, all the charisma. Well, I mean, how could you keep your hands off him? The kids are learning that dinosaurs are not only knocking about a few thousand years ago, but most of the original Rolling Stones lineup were consisted of dinosaurs. Mm, there you go. I you always s- wondered about that. Yeah, we. Uh, yeah, you start to worry about maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Was Mick Jagger a dinosaur or just a weird-looking English guy? I don't know. Missing link. Mm. And then Barry starts talking about Armageddon. The thing is, where the fuck do you go? All your money is sunk into this dead shit thing. Yep. How the fuck do you sell your shares in this corporation that L fucking Salzone's running? Are you kidding me? You are <laughs> fucked. You don't even have a car anymore. Yeah. Barry yep. told you to sell it. And now Barry has the keys to the communal cars, which you apparently own a share of. But he started getting a bit caged about who takes the Hilux to the shops. Yeah. I don't know. He just don't want anyone getting away. You're not really very trustworthy anymore, are you, mate? So in short, this could happen here. Barry could fuck you quicker than you can say, oh, that's my wife. The ingredients for the cake are all on the shelf. The constant droning about smart cities, Klaus Schwab and 5G, this is going to result in a fair few cookers and even just like standard, boring, far-right nobodies in fucking suburban Victoria trying to find a place to live outside of the cities because they've been told the cities are now trying to kill them. Oh, my God, that bin has solar panels. I think it's going to shoot me. Shut the fuck up. The bin touched me on the wee-wee. Oh, for fuck's sake. So, look, these are the kind of rubes that are going to give all their money to El Salzone and wind up being fed rat poison by Barry. I'm sorry, go. Dave. You can't leave. Here, have a, have, a, have a pancake. No, I insist. Have a pancake. Barry says you have to. So it could easily happen here. Wash it down with some cordial. I mean, look, if you're going exactly. to go, go the Kool-Aid route. I mean, Kool-Aid, for those who don't know it, is an American really sort of cheap, um, you know, sort like of- Like powdered cordial type thing? Yeah, yeah, it's not, you know, if you're going to drink some cyanide, go the Cotties. Go the Cotties <laughs> Orange. You know? Look, I'm we shouldn't be joking about same. all this sort of stuff. It's a terrible, terrible thing. It is story. a terrible thing, but we're not In- going to be depressing the whole episode. <laughs> um, we had to uh- end on a giggle. <laughs> but look- this is a very Kenyan story. That there's there's absolutely no doubt about that. The it is Kenya a very is very cool with place. cults. Yeah, uh, is, is rife with cults. But when we look at the circumstances behind them, there are so many consistencies with all cults and Australian cults, all based around that one precept that that the world is going to end or there is a huge cataclysm coming and we will help you to get away from it. And our government's too chicken shit to legislate against it. And, yeah, we've got Australian governments going back to Federation who don't care enough about this or are so uneasy about doing anything about this that we do have a problem with cults. We are the most wide open of most Western countries. For example, Germany, German, the Germans banned Scientology. Yeah. Ooh, well, you know, what was it? Was the free speech. What about my free speech? What about my freedom of association? Fuck your free speech. They just banned it. The yeah. French, The French prosecuted a number of them for fraud. It's not 
in England, Scientology exists, but it, it, it has no tax-free benefits. Yeah. So it, it, it really has it, – it makes – Struggles no, get a foothold. Yeah, it makes no it, – it really just doesn't apply any sort of resources. But in Australia, they get the tax-free – like you get all the tax-free benefits and it flourishes. Here. Yeah, yeah. Those are the things that you've got to knock off. Yep. Well, unfortunately, I think that answers the question. Could it happen here? Yes. You betcha. You have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider, Joel Hill. Jack can be found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Crunchy Moses with a K. So basically, page you can't spell. easily. Well, look, I started that fucking thing when I, I, I got that when I was like 12, all right? It was a whole thing with cereal. <laughs> it's, it's a story. I'll tell it on Zoom. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it on social media because if you do, if you share it around, we get more listeners and then we are patrons and then we can make these episodes better. This was a pretty good episode though. I fucking love this one. This is great. And we have a Patreon, as we said at the start of the show, to help keep this sustainable. It's bloody time consuming. Jesus. And we still have to pay rent, help keep the lights on. Just the... Just the Kiswahili uh, translation did me in. Yeah, no, I was pretty impressed that you did that. For as little as $5 a month, you'll have access to all sorts of bonus content. We've got a whole range of bullshit. We just yabber on about nonsense and it's great. Uh, it, we do a weekly premium episode. Uh, we're going to do one tomorrow, I think. We is will, plan? yes. Uh, what is tomorrow? I'm going to edit this, so who knows what fucking tomorrow is. Uh, it, today is Thursday, the 25th of May, and we'll be doing yes. our Patreon episode on the 26th. Are you trying to shame me for how long it takes to edit this? Hopefully it's out <laughs> tomorrow. Hopefully. Well, we need to timestamp this just so, because <laughs> we said two, we, we said two hundred. There are two hundred and one deaths. Yes, well, and that toll. And I've been checking almost hourly, and that but that that toll is going to increase. Yeah, there's there's an end counting on this one, and finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We would love to hear from you, even but tell us that Jesus is coming and can you pass some tissues? Otherwise, he's going to make a hell of a mess on the carpet. I see what you did there. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Very Benny Hill. He Very should have um, floorboards. He's a carpenter. Anyway, thanks, sisters. See you next time. See ya. Hope Boy. you enjoyed it. I don't think I ever want to talk to any of those people. <laughs>